get the question, what is UX? Well, to me, it's more than the user's experience. It's a poetic intertwining of pleasure and functionality. Kind of like the word love. Many hear it, but only few actually show its meaning. What's up, go-getters? Welcome to Get Into It Podcast. My name is Jay Amanda. I'm a UX researcher, international psychology student, mama, and so much more. I leverage my experience in corporate America, interesting stories from my personal life, and academia to deep dive into complex topics such as culture and tech from a psychological standpoint all while trying to balance everything successfully. All right, let's get into it. What's up, Go-Getters? It's your host, Jay Amanda. Thank you for being here. I hope you all are doing well and enjoying this year that is upon us. I feel like I can finally say that it's 2021, But we'll have to get into that in another episode because I need a professional astrologer or even a historian to explain that one. I'm not for sure. We'll we'll figure that one out. (laughs) So today I want to demystify the great UX. Now, last week in my petty episode, I call it, I shared some of my annoying encounters with some recruiters and hiring managers so far in this beautiful tech journey. Now, definitely not all, but the gatekeeping is real. My God. Anyway, (laughs) my goal is to always make topics around tech and culture, which looks very different from various groups of people. And it's not just cultural ethnicity, but the culture that you decide to live with. Your culture does not necessarily have to be the people that you grew up with or the people in your family or even within your race. But I digress. (laughs) I always ask the questions that most people don't because I guess I just wired differently. I'm empathetic, but I'm also an empath. So I literally can feel other people's emotions. And many times when I'm not careful, I take on those emotions as my own. (sighs) Mentally, it's not good for me. And I end up doing more damage to myself than good of trying to assist others. But I am finally at the point where I've set (laughs) healthy boundaries. And to some, that may look like me being mean or ghosting them. But honestly, if I'm around a person or a group of people that makes me anxious or where I have to become small or even I feel uneasy, I remove myself. I said all that to say that in an attempt to make these topics that are sometimes taboo in some ways and for some reason sacred in others, I break them down so everyone hopefully can understand and learn from my mistakes. 
So moving on, <laughs> by the time you all hear this, this event that I went to is over, unfortunately. I got the pleasure of going to the State of Black Design Conference presented by IBM and hosted by Texas State University's own Amari Sousa. I hope I pronounced your name right, Amari. If not, I do apologize. But this started September 18th of 2020 and Texas State University's communication design program hosted the State of Black Design. It was a two-hour virtual discussion presented via YouTube Live. The event featured prominent Black design practitioners, activists, and academics, and each were exploring the intersection of identity and practice. And quite frankly, despite the increase in Black and Brown college enrollment, there still was little of us that reflected in the design-related spaces, and it still is, actually. The goals of the first event were to explore the intersection of identity and practice, precisely why the design field has failed to attract African-American students, and how you know, these spaces work and how they impact professionals of color and potential improvement methods. Now, this is just what I've gotten on the website as far as how it started. But y'all, make sure if you get a chance next year, please, please, please go to it. But for now, you can definitely follow them at www.txstate.edu forward slash Black Design. And make sure you follow State of Black Design on all social media, as well as Omari Sousa. Now, y'all, I got to tell y'all about this, <laughs> this conference. It was like, you know what it was like? This conference was like a well-designed, pun intended, warm hug from my ancestors. Y'all, look, it was one... <laughs> How do I explain this? It's one thing to want to be a, in a space and do the things that you love and even, shoot, shake some shit up. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's it looks different for everybody, right? But it just hits so differently when it's your people. I mean, I was being directed, engineered, like encouraged, fueled, cheered on, mentored, directed, poured into by people that look like me in the design space. Oh Lord, I gotta take a sip of water on that one because that was, gosh, that was an amazing experience. I really do have to take a sip of water. So hold on. Okay, now I've said it many times that tech is not easy to get into, right? Okay, now to see so many accomplished, beautiful brown and melanated people was overwhelming in a good way. My heart was full and my soul was re-energized to get out there and get it. I usually have a great time at design conferences just because, you know, I'm 
Well, when they're done right, but <laughs> because I'm in my element, I'm with my people. We're designing, we're talking about design. We're talking about accessibility. We're talking about everything under the UX umbrella. But this one was just so it, I have no words, but if you can go next year and if you can support, please, please, please definitely do. Cause this was amazing. You would think that this was a conference that has been put on for years and y'all, it started last year during the pandemic. Okay, that there's a lot to say about that. But anyway, I cannot say enough great things about the invaluable lessons that I learned, the insight that was shared, and the truths. <sighs> the Lord, the truths that gave so much rich. Um, perspective. It was, look, it was just great. And I'm going to just stop there because I could go on and on and all. <laughs> now, today, let's get into our topic. What the freak is UX? And if you don't know by now, I feel a song coming on, but I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> UX is the user's or the client or your customer's experience with your product, your app, your website, or even your service. It is how the user interacts with what you are providing. Now, let's use the example of my car, because I want to make this plain. For anybody um, that is listening and that's not in tech yet, or just still kind of wondering, this is the way that I can put it where I think that you would be able to fully understand. Now, I'm not going to say names and y'all know why, because they don't sponsor me. And after this, they probably don't want me to work for them. But anyway, now since we're using the example of a car or sports utility vehicle, to be exact, I will walk you through the UX process via my vehicle. And FYI, again, this is oversimplifying it just to give you a gist of what we do as UXers, okay? So this is just the basic on basic on a basic. <laughs> so first, the user has a pain point or a problem. That problem is that it's not 1836 and the roads are filled with people. I got kids and I'm not walking anywhere. So I need a vehicle that is dependable and can seat five people comfortably and that's good on gas because we don't have Tesla money yet, okay? We're good? All right. So the company, we'll call this company Ozimoto. <laughs> the company Ozimoto says, oh, wow, we know a lot of people that feel this way. We have possible solutions. We make cars. Yay us. So me being the user, I go out looking for cars that fit my criteria. Dependable, can seat five comfortably, needs to be new, safe, will get me from point A through Z swiftly because I clearly want to drive for NASCAR on these streets. And I hope that you all are still following. <laughs> and now, okay. Ozimoto, the company, says, since we make cars, we'll start making SUVs so we can get more people to buy into us. 
Besides, we are known to be fast because we got the crew from Fast and Furious to buy into us. Plus, all of our commercials are shot at night. How hard can it be to make an SUV? We don't need to check off everything that the user wants because we know what we're doing. We have been in business for almost 151 years. We drive ambition. No need to ask the user what they need. We'll just tell them. So I go as the user and I get a trusted brand of SUVs. It's cute. It's fast and it seems to have all of what I need. Cha-ching, let's get it. So, get it, start to drive it, and I reach to turn on the heat because at this time it's a little chilly. And on the console, I see that there's no on button, just the AC controls and the off button. Hmm, okay, so I keep driving like I'm in NASCAR, and on my last lap, I touch the yellow line in the the road to keep us, you know, in line and not go over to the other lane on common traffic. Now, I don't go outside the lane, but I do touch it with my wheel. I glance down because the warning alert is below eye level, making it impossible to keep my eyes on the road. I say, okay, this is not too bad, but I have to get used to it. It is very scary and un- inconvenient. The car is fast. And I mean, I do have these safety alerts. They scare me, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's a loud sound. <laughs> and it's below eye level, which is bothering me. But I I forget about that. I have to turn on the AC. So to um, to turn on the heat. To turn on the heat, I have to push the AC button. Remember, there's no on button. I turn on the AC button to activate the heating cooling system in a brand new 2020 vehicle. But it's cool. It's cool. Let me listen to some music, test out the speakers. Uh, Let's see. Where are the volume buttons? Oh, (laughs) They're on the right side of the digital touchscreen console that only shows the media options, including the phone. Okay, so I finally located the volume buttons on the steering wheel, which should have been obvious. Now, I'm constantly annoyed by this, but besides that, it is a cool SUV and it's good on gas. I hope that was entertaining, but what I wanted you to see is the issues there. When we're designing products for our users, they're always, always, and I do mean always, our users come first because they're the ones that are using it. (laughs) The design process is not always easy, nor is it swift all the time. You want to ensure that you are solving the problem and not creating more problems that exist that didn't exist before. We do not take shortcuts to get a product out there. When you take this approach, you get things like recalls, apologies for being racist, and settlements. These are worst case scenarios, of course, but it takes so much more time to fix what isn't broken in the beginning which is usually just an amendment. Usually the users 
pain point is something that can be fixed, not something that will confuse the whole process and we are trying to reinvent the wheel. Now, in this scenario, the SUV should have been tested with various users, those that are familiar with the brand and those that are not. This would be the heuristics. See, what is already done and test its functionality after we know what the problem is. After that is done, well, as probably maybe a questionnaire in this case, to go to, uh, just to see, go to the future as far as uh, what we would think about who's going to drive this car, if we're thinking forward, uh, who's going to be the ideal driver for this car. And then asking why. Why do they need room for five? Is there five people or animals? Are they hauling music equipment in the back seats? And then how should the seats be adjusted? Because that's an issue or it could be an issue. Where is it located? What makes sense if someone's tall or short? Will the car be shared with family members that are varying heights? Will the SUV be taken off-road? Why not buy a bigger car? And why choose us over the competition who probably goes through a much rigorous process? Now, (laughs) I always get the question, what is UX? Well, to me, it's more than the user's experience. It's a poetic intertwining of pleasure and functionality. Kind of like the word love. Many hear it, but only few show its meaning. UX is basically a love story. You're doing all you can to please your user with nothing in return, but knowing that they are happy. UXers make things easy and in some ways more convenient. For some, driving a car is a necessity, while for others, it's an experience of pleasure, the smell, the feel, the power of the engine, the color, the brand, the memories that it can bring, who they become when they're in the driver's seat. If Ozzy Moto's driving ambition, the bar isn't that high in my opinion. Will I keep the SUV? Mm, Probably not, (laughs) not for too long. Trade it in for something more suitable for the family and my dreams of NASCAR. And by the way, if you haven't noticed, I've said NASCAR several times. I feel a sponsorship coming on. Y'all know I have trouble with my S's. So, you know, pray for me. We're working on it. Just saying, (laughs) I try to put that out there. 2021 is supposed to be the year of manifestation. And that is what we're trying to do. And I hope that you all are as well. So, yeah, that so that is my very oversimplified example as far as what we do. There's so much more that goes into it, but there's a process. I just want you to get into your head that is always the user. Think about the things that are on your phone, how you hold your phone, how you hold a shopping cart, even how you drive, where your hands situated. You know, how do you open doors? How do you open the refrigerator? How, if you have children, how you're changing the diaper? What's more convenient, a disposable diaper or a cloth diaper? Everything that we do 
has been designed by someone or a group of people. And the reason why some things are around for as long as they have been is because that design has been iterated or done numerous times to be perfected. Sometimes you don't get it right on the first time and that's okay. But the process does keep going to make sure that it is in the best interest, that it evolves with the user. So I again, I hope that that was a really good explanation. I hope that was entertaining for you as well. But that's how I like to think of um, UX without getting into all of the, you know, nitty gritty of everything. There are other podcasts that are so much more amazing as far as going into depth about that. But again, I know who my users are and I like to keep it um, nice and simple and entertaining. (laughs) So now my mental tip for you today, since we're talking about design is cultural intelligence. Now, Cultural intelligence is the capability to understand and work across cultures. Now, that's the academia version. My version is much more intentional and probably, if we're honest, gets me in trouble when it comes to getting a job. But whatever, I'm going to tell you anyway. (laughs) To, To me, cultural intelligence is... It is the willingness to lay down one's implicit bias and assumptions about other cultures that differ from their own. It is the tolerance of gaining knowledge from those that are experts in their own daily culture and the sacredness of traditions and respect for the hardships that they may face daily. It is not colonization of someone else's way of life to fit your own culture, nor is it the appropriation and audacity to pick what is most popular and appealing for your own game. I stand in a place now where I'm no longer able to shrink one side of my heritage or whitewash the other to appeal to those that would rather me fit into their culture. I never will fit because I was made to stand out as well as my people. And I'm okay with that. Until next time, family. Thank you so much for listening to Get Into It Podcast. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart. Make sure you subscribe, comment, and share with others. Also, make sure you follow us on social media, IG, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Let me know what you thought of today's podcast. I upload episodes every week on Tuesdays. Until then, peace, love, and light. Go get us.